Hey, good Saturday morning, everybody. I'm just sitting here drinking a cup of coffee, thinking about um, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, Volume 3, the third installment in the trilogy of Guardians films from James Gunn, director extraordinaire who has now taken over the enemy camp of DC movies. I'm just kidding. I'm actually really thrilled about um, what he's going to be doing over there. And honestly... I'm really thrilled with what he has done with Marvel. Um, I got to tell you guys, this movie rocks. I loved Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Have you guys seen it yet? It is great. I kind of just, I got my, I got my thoughts. I got my um, take on everything. I haven't heard a lot from other, um, you know, reviews or anything like that, but I'll tell you, the anticipation that was leading up to this movie was was really great. They've been marketing it for a while. And this, I mean, one of the things that everybody I hear keeps saying is that this is the best movie since Avengers Endgame. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I do feel like Spider-Man No Way Home was very strong. And that is like, I don't know if like everything is kind of like swelled down since Spider-Man No Way Home. And it's like, oh, well, all they did was just bring in a bunch of people, you know, like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield to reprise their roles as as Peter Parker. I I really think narratively that that story is very strong. And even when I watch it in retrospect, um, stuff they do with Zendaya and Tom Holland and things they do with um, loss within that movie and how it sets things up for the future. I, anyway, I, I really like it. I think it's still very strong, and it's one of my favorite MCU movies. But I got to tell you, this one as well is one of my favorite MCU movies to date. It is very much Rocket's movie. So um, I think I I think that was to be expected. I mean, especially with the villain being the high evolutionary and just, you know, how in a lot of ways this movie, this trilogy has been Rocket's story. Um, you know, just in the first one, we we really meet him and he has a hero turn. In the second one, we get to the point of just like what is going on with his heart in regards to being such a jerk and why he does it and how much he actually cares for this family that is the Guardians. In this movie, it's his movie, but um, it's it centers around, around him. And it's a lot of what are the other characters doing and feeling and, and um, thinking towards Rocket. I'm really going to try to give my review of this movie without giving any spoilers away. So... Um, I think that's a good place to start is talking about Bradley Cooper's Rocket. Um, it is a an emotional ride. It is there. There were issues and there were times within this movie um, that did bring me to tears, and a lot of it was centered around Rocket. Um, I know there's a lot of speculation about you know. Okay, well, what is even as I say that, what does that mean? I'm. I'm not going to give one thing away or another, you know, with that about about um, the speculation being who dies, who lives. And so you could really take this as you will um, there. It's, it's so funny because obviously we're dealing with a CGI character, 
but he has such heart and emotion and, and holds such weight within this group that he is the center of the story. You know, if the second one was really Peter's, um, you know, centering around him in regards with everything with ego, this is centered around what does Rocket mean to everybody. Um, Chris Pratt's Peter Quill. He shows up and is is doing what he does. You know, he's a lot of his motivation is surrounded with with Gamora, and um, there's there's kind of a a, a a through line with him of really just not accepting some realities, not um, wanting to accept certain things about himself, about um, where he's come from, and really wanting to hang on to what he had with Gamora. And I think it's, it's, he does a really good job within this role. And I'm excited um, for this movie just to see, I want to see it again, you know? So kind of like if we were just kind of make our way through the characters, um, you know, just with the Guardians themselves, I think the one that actually really blew me away and she's been rising more and more, actually, this is kind of the case with a couple of the characters, Nebula, Karen Gillan's character, really stole the show for me, how she has risen up. You know, it's it's so funny because obviously in the first movie, she is the enemy, and then there's the turn, and then she's, she was a big player in the Avengers uh, final two movies. But this was like, this was in a lot of ways her biggest showing. And we really see her as the hero, and we really see the love that she has for this team and this family. And, you know, it's it's so interesting watching this and her relationship with Gamora in comparison to what we have seen thus far with her relationship with Gamora in the other Guardians movies. Or I think especially in Guardians 2 where we, we realize of all she ever really wanted was to be a sister and have a sister and be a part of a family. And so we just started getting to see a lot of her vulnerability coming through. And we we see with her, she's still hard and she's tough and she's like emotionally tough. But within the, the through line of that, we see where it comes from is just a place of vulnerability for the, the family of the Guardians. They do just a really great job, I think, with all of the characters, all of the characters, They're, you know, they have smaller stories here. You know, Drax has a smaller story, but it really works. There's big emotional payoffs with Mantis. There's massive um, payoffs for her. And I, I love what they've been doing with her, especially in the uh, the holiday special that came out just a few months ago. And and within this movie, they're they're doing great things with her. Um, I think the the person that I'm the character I'm gonna have to really watch on this next go through when I when I watch this the next time is really gonna be Gamora because they just do something completely different with her than than they did in the previous movies and I just I gotta I don't know whether or not I feel like it fully works you know she she is so powerful in the other ones as far as being the the backbone and the heart of the team but she does not really play that and i think that i mean they it juxtaposes the rest of the team you know cuz they are as a team they are where she was and now she's not because it's a totally different gamora and they have to play gamora to her 
And so I got to just watch it because I feel like she actually had the least to do. You know, okay, well, Groot probably had the least to do as far as emotional stuff going on within the movie. Um, But I really feel like Gamora took a backseat. And it'd be interesting to see what how things go forward um, just with everything around, um, not necessarily her, but in other ways. Um, okay, so that's the that's the team. I mean, you also got Kraglin, and you got, um, oh, Astro, the dog, who is, or Cosmo, the dog. Wait, what is it, Astro or Cosmo? I can't even remember. Oh, it's Cosmo. Um, I love their dynamic. They were great within the movie. Um, if you're a dog lover, you're going to love Cosmo. You're going to love what they their use of her and um, especially her relationship with Kraglin. Um, it really is quite cute. Um, okay, I'm going to actually back up, and I think we need to talk about um, the High Evolutionary. And, man, I'm going to just butcher the name. Um, Chuck, Chuck Woody Awuji? I, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm, I'm, it's, it, I can... Not, I don't know if I pronounced that or I, I came close, but he played the high evolutionary. And early within the movie, I was just like, is this really working for me? Is this villain compelling? Is this villain exciting to watch? And th- I think early on I within the movie, I was getting some Malekith Ronin vibes. I think it's interesting to actually, you know, to say Ronan as an example, because in the first Guardians movie, it was such a big hit. Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, was massive, and it took everyone unexpectedly. But if we're going to be completely honest, Ronan was was not uh, the reason for that. You know, nobody fell in love with Guardians or was coming out of Guardians talking about how amazing Ronan was, right? Um, and I think early on, the high evolutionary really hits those kinds of notes, you know, just kind of mustache twirling, like not really knowing why. But I think what ends up happening for me is that the performance really took over in the second half of the movie in which I was like, I didn't necessarily agree or felt compelled in the same way that, you know, with Killmonger or Thanos or or somebody along those lines, Shang-Chi, as far as the villains and like understanding why they're doing what they're doing or like being compelled to almost be like, oh man, I'm almost somewhat in agreement with what they're doing. I felt like I was in watching the performance, the performance took me in. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this guy is crazy. This guy is a psychopath. And I know the the further you get into crazy and psychopathic, I'm like, okay, you, you start to actually lose me more and more as it being relatable um, because I'm just not crazy, right? Um, but it, I think it actually just – it was almost refreshing to just see a real villainous villain who's just just insane. And I think it really works because – you know, we're here to watch the Guardians. We're here to watch the emotional payoffs. We're here to see what, what is going to happen with this team moving forward after this this trilogy and what players make it through and what players don't, you know? And I I think he did a, a really great job in his performance. Um, but it's not really his movie. You know, he, he works to be a really good foil from a background standpoint as to 
um, his effect on Rocket. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think he did a good job. I think he he did a, an admirable job. Um, okay, so overall, overall, what are my thoughts of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? I loved it. I really did. There are times where the script or the story, I felt like it wasn't as funny as Guardians 2. They pulled back some stuff. It, it wasn't as much of a hysterical romp as some of the previous Guardians movies were. I think it was a little bit more serious. I think they earned that seriousness. Um, and I think, man, I was crying within this movie um, just as much as I was crying in, in Endgame just as much as I was crying in No Way Home. It, you know, there there are certain things I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I was surprised by how much I cared about some of these characters or things that would happen to them. Or um, it, it just really worked for me. And so at the end of the movie, I was, I was just as moved. And um, not saddened per se, but there was some retrospect. And I think one of the the massive things about it, in the same way that I can't coming out of the end game, is storylines were earned, you know, um, just like with Iron Man and Captain America, and how their stories ended at the end of End Game. And I was like, oh, that totally makes sense, and that totally works to what that character was. Um, Tony Stark was selfish as a character, and throughout all the first three phases of the MCU. He becomes completely selfless. And then Captain America is the one who would put his, you know, um, his life on the line and be absolutely selfless. And for his turn to be like, I have earned myself to be, I've earned to get what I desire with, with Peggy. And it was just so earned. And that's the thing I think about this movie is that it was earned. Everything with each of the characters was earned. And I like what it sets up for the MCU in the future. There's possibilities. I'll say that there are possibilities moving forward for many of the characters. And that gets me excited. I think Marvel and Kevin Feige is now able to go back and say, okay, how do we want to use this character? How do we want to use this person over here? And we we get a little bit of a taste of what could be um, with no promises. I mean, nothing in the slate that's coming up within uh, the lineup of what we know about phase five and phase six gives us a big indication about what's going to happen with these characters moving forward. But I think there's also some expectation that some of these actors and characters are just done, you know. Um, I'll just say if you've just been focused on the news, you'll know Dave Bautista is pretty much done. He is very loyal to James Gunn, and as James Gunn moves over to DC to lead that ship, he's going to go over there. Um, Sean Gunn, who plays Craglin, is actually the brother of James Gunn, the director. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, all these characters, I mean, you got to go back like five years or so, even probably longer than that, when everything was hitting the fan with James Gunn with all these old past tweets, this team of actors stuck with him. They were, like, dedicated to this guy. They, they were, like, ride or dies with James Gunn. They loved him. And, you know, it kind of became a thing where I think they're, they, they, have, they have some weight. 
that they pulled and they're like, we don't want to do this without James Gunn. And then Marvel brought him back out of obscurity after, you know, what he did with the Suicide Squad over in DC. And they're like, okay, let's do it. Just do Guardians 3. And so this was in a lot of ways, this is in many ways, his swan song with Marvel. I'm not going to say that he could never come back, but when you are going to the competitor, I don't like thinking that way, there's probably not as big of a future here. Thank you for what you brought to this universe, to this world, to these movies. Um, and that's going to that's gonna be it for us and you. I mean, a lot could happen. I mean, it's been kind of a roller coaster ride. So I, I honestly, if you told me that, you know, he's going to be coming back after he's, you know, after he's done with his time over with, with DC, I, I wouldn't necessarily be massively surprised. But this guy's going on to do Superman. So like, <coughs> excuse me, um, I, I think he's, he has much bigger things ahead of him. Um, it'll be exciting to see what happens. And I, I think what James Gunn's going to do is going to be incredible. I mean, this guy was doing super small films. He was doing Slither. He was doing Super, and then he landed Guardians, right? I mean, I just want to look at what his um, filmography has apart from from that uh, as a director. Let's see here. Oh, oh, well, obviously he did Peacemaker, and that was huge. And the villain from um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was, you know, somebody pulled over from, from Peacemaker. But... Yes, yeah, Slither was one of his big first things. Not much before that. No, that was his first full-length movie. So James Gunn just got the golden ticket. You know, he he's won the lottery. If I think that similarly, okay, so I was talking about Ant-Man earlier this week, Ant-Man 3. And I said, well, you know, if you're going to go watch the movie, you're going to go watch the movie. You know, if you're a fan of the MCU, there's I don't think you're going to listen to my review and go, should I watch this? I'm going to wait and see what Peter says. You're going to go see this movie. Uh, and you're going to have a great time, I think. I, I expect that you would. I hope that you would. I had a blast with watching this movie. I, I got to be honest with you, as far as my ranking goes of the MCU right now, this has given me hope in this franchise because honestly phase four was kind of a a mid just i was done with it i it was mid to low a lot of the things apart from no way home everything else really hit far down there were some things that were towards the high part wandavision shang chi but most of them were duds in my opinion and going into phase five, I thought good things of Ant-Man 3, but this was like, this was better than Ant-Man 3. This was much better than Ant-Man 3. And this is going to be, this is in my top 10. Not quite my top five. Maybe that would change upon other um, viewings of this movie, but it's in my top 10 of Marvel movies altogether. And I think a lot of that has to do in giving thanks to James Gunn with his just special vision, his special flair that he brings to the table and mounting a great team of actors who support each other and work well off each other and know how to do comedy and within that comedy know how to do drama and he pulls it through. He was the one who took Chris Pratt, this 
chubby, awkward, comedic force from Parks and Rec and, and made him a movie star. So I would never bet against James Gunn. And I cannot, when well, there's a, other projects that come out from him, I can't wait to see it. I really can't. I cannot wait for this Superman movie that's going to be coming out. Um, Superman is my second favorite DC character. You know, it's obviously the number one is Batman. Number two is Superman. And I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table after everything that we have gotten with the Man of Steel, Henry Cavill, all of that. So that's my review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Let me tell you guys on what you have in store later on this week. If uh, I, I'm going to take a couple days off, um, but my next episode is going to be probably on Tuesday, I hope, Tuesday or Wednesday, where I'm going to be talking about the MCU. I'm hoping to pull on in a guest and just talk about the Marvel movies, primarily from Phase 4, and just kind of have a conversation asking questions of what does Marvel need to do to give them the wins that they need in order for this to still be a viable franchise. So I am I want to maybe that I don't mean to kind of bury my lead already and just kind of my thoughts, but I think it's going to be an interesting conversation. So that's going to be Tuesday. After that, we're going to be doing another look back probably on Thursday on the movies that are going to be turning um 10, 20, 25 years old uh, from previous years. And then a week from today, and I'm hoping to be able to pull somebody in for this conversation as well. I'm going to be talking about the most our most anticipated movies of the summer. That's going to be May 13th. So, all right everybody, thank you for sticking with. What did you think of this movie? Did you enjoy it? Are you excited to see it if you haven't seen it? What are your thoughts? What is your take? Let me know. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.